This is exactly right. Here we go. You ready to talk about murder? Because we are. <laughs> because we are murderers. Hey, hi this, everybody. Hey, this. Hi guys. <laughs> Karen and Georgia. This is my favorite. My favorite murder. murder. That's probably the most uncomfortable part for me. Is yeah, when is we're talking not to each other but to the audience. Yeah, it's very unnatural. It's so we're like introducing something and like clearly we haven't rehearsed this at all and have. No, we don't have any radio experience. We're not <laughs> professionals in that way. Hello, everyone. Yeah, word like you say a word and then I say a word and we'll go back and forth. My sing menin. Yes, exactly. Did you say by menin? No, that's how good we are at this. <laughs> we don't have any kind of instinct toward what the other person's doing, and we always guess wrong. Yeah, and we talk over each other. It's perfect. There we are, and yet, and yet, we have a thousand people on the Facebook group. <gasps> 1,000. I know, and this is episode eight. That's a very high number. And none of them are sexist, racist jerks yet. I hear, now I'm not on Facebook, brag, brag, brag. I know. But from what I hear from Georgia, everyone is the coolest on our Facebook page. They're all like, there's all these people that feel like they've come home and they can finally talk to someone about murder and like, cause like their, their husbands and siblings and everyone thinks they're fucking weirdos for being into murder. And then suddenly they found their people. God bless you all. Someone even said, Hey, and anyone in the New York area want to have a, a murder meetup? And I'm like, that's how you get murdered. Don't do that. But that's very sweet of you. Yeah. There's, that's easy to misinterpret for, for in any direction. Yeah. It can either be murder everybody or have a murder meetup and then just murders. You're going to get mean, murdered. I would just be super clear with the wording in that. meetup. Yeah. I'd also like to say that we have, uh, nothing to do with anyone who gets murdered because of this podcast. We refuse the right. We reserve the right to... To not be culpable yep. into perpetuity. Exactly. Those are two legal words that I know. That was legal as fuck. It felt pretty great. <laughs> we have a we had a murder meetup today. We, we totally, ate lunch before this recording. We both had eggs. It was pretty nice. And talked about... Talked like... About the Simpson show, which we're calling The Simpsons. The new Simpsons, OJ, The People versus OJ Simpson. And we talked about that extensively. I feel like I could talk about it forever. I do too. I mean, they are killing it, every, literally. It's so great. It's so great. And I was telling Georgia that Patton Oswalt, everyone's favorite stand up comedian, is now on Twitter actively praising Sarah Paulson for her performance as Marsha Clark. Nothing makes me happier. Do you think his wife is a little built like. Get off of my fucking, this is my, my murder area. is my thing. Yes. And you're kind of stepping on my toes right now. <laughs> like if she were going to become a stand-up comedian all of a sudden. I, I, you know what I picture? Michelle McNamara is just always in the other room with her sleeves rolled up trying to solve crime in real <sighs> life. And that's why she's my hero. She is such a badass. She's like, you can tweet whatever you want because yeah. I'm in the real world. That's adorable. Yeah. I'm being a fucking investigative journalist over here. Go talk about your uh, murder show that happened t- right. 25 years ago. Right. That people from American Horror Story are acting out now yeah it's adorable yeah, it's um i have a okay is there any little part of your brain that is like open to the idea that oj didn't do it no okay just making sure i understand why people think that and want to believe it mm-hmm. um 
But I don't think that you can beat your wife up for years and mm-hmm. years. And I think he beat his first wife up too. Yeah. Like you, that as a pattern and as a, as a, you having explosive anger and violent reactions to things. Plus, as we all are starting to learn the concussion element in football, that, um, lots of football players have these problems that could truly stem back to like mental issues, rage issues. I don't think that that just kind of stops at a certain point. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a controllable thing. Or all of those things happen. And then just some stranger comes and kills these two people that. Yeah, it doesn't it wouldn't make sense. Right. And Especially with just, all the evidence, there would be blood evidence that would have they I honestly believe that that defense team that yeah. was just going to town would have found other blood and been like, what about this guy? Yeah, because yeah. that's they were doing they were scrambling and they got him off. I mean, like it's incredible. It's an it's amazing. So if they if there was another person, I trust that that dream team mm-hmm. would have been like here's the person yeah. here's their name here's their blood like here's why we think that yeah that's yeah. that's a very good point yeah okay but also i know there's just bias because i really love the fact that i lived through it and now i'm watching it on tv i know isn't it it's funny when they're like there'll be like a dramatic turn and you're like oh and you're like wait no he still gets off like yeah. you know the you know outcome the <laughs> you know the end yeah but yeah it's, it's still a great that's that's a testament to the show is that it's so good yeah and they're telling you the things you don't know about it, right? Which I love. The well. only part of it that I am not into is is OJ Simpson. Like, uh, what's his name? Cuba Gooding Jr. As OJ Simpson. Yeah, he doesn't look right. He doesn't. I can't picture OJ Simpson when I look at him. Right. For so many reasons. Someone just texted me that they saw Tracy Morgan when they when OJ when he talked when Cuba Gooding Jr. talked. Like, like Cuba is playing Tracy Morgan, who's playing OJ. Yeah. Oh, oh. You know what I mean? But. But somewhere in there, Tracy Morgan is. Well, very few men look like O.J. Simpson. That that would yeah. have been a really hard thing to cast, I think. Yeah, I guess I just I wish someone was he was bigger. You know who should have played it? Who? Shamar Moore. Who's that? <laughs> Criminal Minds. Oh, he used to be on a soap opera. And the reason I know him so well is because uh, when I worked on the Ellen DeGeneres talk show, anytime there'd be somebody would drop out, like if there was an emergency, they would always call Shamar Moore because he was an amazing guest. Mm-hmm. He was usually available because he was on Criminal Minds, so he was always in uh, town. Yeah. And because he was on a soap opera, he had the crazy high Q rating. So we'd get spikes in our rating. Holy shit. Even though he wasn't like famous famous, yeah. he was like beloved. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would like to see who who was on that like audition list and if Cuba Gooding Jr. just got picked because for what, whatever reason. Well, cause he is a good actor. Yes. And like those times where he's in jail and like, yeah, there's great, he's pathetic moments, but yeah, he just doesn't look right. Yeah. He has this great, this great, you feel bad for him cause he clearly doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, I like that character he's playing, but it doesn't feel like OJ Simpson to me. Right. Well, because there's too much. Yeah, he seems bewildered and confused, which might be an act that like there's a reveal later. Right. But it's um, I believe that I want to see someone that's a little more uh, going with the story he's being given. Yeah. Knowing that he's he has an out after Kevin killed two people. Yeah. Jesus. But maybe that's just my agenda. No, I think that's true. And that, <laughs> I feel like that's this week in The Simpsons. Like we open every episode now with 
it's so good. I hope yeah. everyone's watching. Exactly. Um, and the idea that you decided to call it The Simpsons is my favorite thing of all time. <laughs> uh, should we talk about our favorite murder? Yes. Yeah, so this week we were doing um, Strange Ways to Die. Yeah. Um, Originally we were gonna we just shot out the idea we weird murder weapons. Yes. And I just like look, I like Googled that, and it's just like really boring stories. Lots of one-offs, which I'm yeah. not interested in, like crimes of passion, where a woman kills a man with the stiletto heel. Where yeah. it's like, well, yeah, but that's just crimes of passion. Exactly. There was a good one of a of a guy who was like clearly grooming a ten year old boy to be like his who's going to child molest him. Yeah. Um, and the guy, the kid one day was like, fuck this and took a pickle jar and smashed him over the head with it. But then he stabbed him to death. So it's not like oh, the, the pickle jar killed him. Right. You it, know, it just stopped him for a second. Yeah. And that's the amount of the story I could like, that's the story. So I would have had no story to tell. Well, yeah, there's, um, when it comes down to it, I was thinking, oh, I, I bet I could find a serial killer who killed people with like a bow and arrow or something. Right. That's just in the movies. But yes, exactly. When you're when you're reverse researching stuff like that, yeah. just stuff comes up. I was also thinking of hope there's going to be there's a person I want to talk about in the future who is the Sacramento vampire killer. Oh, right. He's so creepy. But when he actually killed people, he just killed them with guns. Exactly. So it all boils down to boring weapons listen if you're a killer out there you gotta get a little more creative if you want to make it onto this show yeah i'm um, how about you do one of those like in um mm -hmm. do you know what i'm talking I know, about are in you the gonna... line of fire john oh, no i always Not do that when i think i know the end of a story <laughs> like, mm -hmm. yes uh john malkovich makes a gun out of wood so that he can he gets the metal detector and he can oh, kill the president like really makes a gun gun yeah oh, that's cool no i was gonna say in um in uh ooh, one where he he oh, i can't remember he Just kills people with the you. the cow air gun yes oh no country for no old country men. for old men thank you the best that that's Friendo. yeah something like that someone needs to not do to us that movie is so fucking perfect Ugh, i have seen that so many times it's gorgeous and i don't like movies gorgeous it's, and the idea that you would kill someone that way yeah it's so fucked up it's so fucked up and it's like not necessary because guns because guns yeah all right do you want me to go first since um you went first last time sure but what if we have the same one well i would be shocked because here's what i did okay <clears throat> oh it's, wait so so the topic is now weird ways people have been killed or died yes okay um so here's how i'll just take you down my thought process uh, okay. murder journey Love on it. this week so last week when we were talking about O.J. Simpson, we started talking about Dom Dominic Dunn. Right, which I fucked up and said she got killed the wrong we way. We both did because I immediately agreed with you. But okay. here's the thing. So I and we once talked about this. We were going to have a correction section when yes. we go through because a bunch of people tweeted us at us to say, yeah, Dominic Dunn was killed by her ex-boyfriend who was stalking her, but she wasn't killed by a fan. You are thinking of Rebecca Schaefer from My Sister Sam. We exactly. That's exactly true. It's what we were. But I thought of the exact same thing and I was right there with you now. So I went to look it up to be like, Okay, here's going to be our correction. Well, it turns out that it was they were very, very similar murders. They were both actresses. Mm -hmm. uh, Dominique Dunn was 22. Rebecca Schaefer was 21. Oh my god! Um, both <clears throat> uh, murdered at their homes. Dominique Dunn was murdered by her ex-boyfriend, who was stalking her and who she was trying to be like reasonable with. And she actually, the creepy thing to me about her murder is that. She was doing everything she could to like stay safe. And there was a guy, she had her friend over mm -hmm. watching TV with her when the ex-boyfriend showed up 
wanting to quote unquote talk to her <sighs> and made her come out on the porch. And so the guy was like waiting inside thinking everything was fine. Yeah, because they're outside. They're outside talking. Then he doesn't see them. Then he goes out around back to see if they went into the backyard. Finally comes around front and sees the ex-boyfriend standing over her. Strang- he has strangled her to death. How are you? How do you know if someone's going to be like a stalker lights light or is it a murderer? I mean, I think the lesson we're slowly learning is that, like, if you have an abusive boyfriend, mm-hmm. you have to break up with him and not get back together with him. Not mm-hmm. like you have to cut him out of your life completely because that's it's that that's the mistake. I mean, not to say that she made a mistake, but right. she did get back together with him once. And you give, then the, you give the him the idea increased. and an opening to be back to think that he's back in your life and has a way to do it. And he's just yeah, that he can convince you and he doesn't and stop, which is clearly not the woman's fault. No. But we need to be able to not let them come back in our lives at all. Well, and in both of these cases, it's that thing of women being polite. Oh, my God. Women thinking they're afraid to be a bitch or they're afraid to make a strong stand. Mm -hmm. So um, in Rebecca Schaefer's case, it was a stalker who'd been stalking her for three years and who ended up hiring a private investigator to find her home address. (sighs) And so that was actually after her murder between that and the Teresa Saldana Mm -hmm. attack, which she didn't die. That was the woman who's the um, co-star of Raging Bull Mm -hmm. who ended up getting attacked by her stalker. That's both of those. It it ended up changing. They they created the first anti-stalking law in California in 1990, I believe, because of those two things. Amazing. But those two things were totally parallel they were just seven years apart mm-hmm. but they were almost exactly the same so i was because i was like i we both made yeah. the exact same mistake that's weird and so i wanted to like look into it and that brought me down the road Uh-oh. because dominique dunn is most famous for um being a part of movie cursed movies is she poltergeist yes oh. she was the teenage sister in poltergeist Fuck, when she flips off the fucking construction workers in her backyard <laughs> yep. I, and i was a kid i was like i want to be like that when i grow up yes um and oh. both of those girls were very like there were girls that when you watch them on tv or in movies you're like i know that girl yeah like total girl next door girls. yeah so i went into <gasps> um cursed movies Curse movie thing, so that's my thing. That's not what I did. That's badass. Okay. Uh, so Poltergeist, the trilogy of movies, they've um, had all these deaths and tragedies associated with the movie. Love this show. So I'm just going to walk you on through. And then I have two other ones. Okay. They get shorter as they go. Like. No, I dig it. But we start with Pol- Poltergeist. Um, so Dominique Dunn was murdered uh, five months after the release of Poltergeist 1, the original Poltergeist. Okay. Um, and then Poltergeist 2, um, Julian Beck was the guy that played Kane, that super creepy preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uh, died of stomach cancer um, at age 60 mm. um, right after that movie came out. And that was in two. 1983. That okay. was Poltergeist 2. That came out in 83? Yeah. How did I watch that? Okay. What do you mean? Because I just remember, I feel like I remember seeing it in the theater, but I must not have. Because I was, that's too young for me to have seen You would have been too young? Yeah. Well, there was three of them. Yeah. You would have seen part three where they were in the apartment building. No, maybe I, maybe we got it on VHS. Oh, okay. Okay, go on. Then in 1987, Will Sampson, um, who played in in Poltergeist 2, played Taylor, the medicine man, Mm -hmm. who was the big silent Indian in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Oh, yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. He died of scleroderma, which is a degenerative, um, uh, chronic degenerative condition. Um, 
that basically he ended up like had, having kidney failure and all this stuff. So he died Dude. and he was only 53. Oh, man, there's he, just like so many ways you can die. Like if you, if you want to think about it a lot, there's just, <laughs> there's all these things. There's all these things. If it's not murder, then it could be a disease. It could be some weird gene just clicks on. It, it, it not, it's not could have, it's gonna. Well, yeah, there's gonna. gonna be something. That's really what it is. Oh God. We're all taking time off. <sighs> okay, go on. Then the one that got, that got this idea of this movie is cursed going is Heather O'Rourke because she died when she was 12 years old. It was um, 1987, uh, the same year as Will Sampson, and it was um, before the release. And they some people say before the ending of the shooting of Poltergeist three. So she was the little girl that she's like the main character in Poltergeist. She's in yeah. the middle of shooting. Yeah, Carolyn walked towards the light. She's the little, she's in halfway through shooting the third one. Yes, okay. they, I think more than halfway through. Okay. But they, some people say they can't get it confirmed that there's a body double for the rest of Whoa. the shooting because she died, and it was they had diagnosed her as having Crohn's disease, but what she actually really had was a bowel ob- a obstruction. <gasps> so she got the flu, went into septic shock. <gasps> And then cardiac arrest. They they rush her to I think it was Cedar Sinai. Holy shit! And she died on the operating table. So, so that's like a simple thing that could have been fixed. Yes, and she was just misdiagnosed. How so did, that's and she was only twelve. So that's when everyone started freaking out that there's something wrong with this. Yeah, like cursed. this whole movie is cursed. Yeah. Um, then a guy named Lou Perryman who played a small part in the first uh, Poltergeist, Pugsley. Um, he was in 2009. He was murdered by an axe wielding ex con who broke into his apartment. Oh my God. Just flat out horribly murdered. Why him specifically, or did it just happen that way? Um, they think it was just somebody trying to rob him, but he, like, the guy had an axe and then just ended up killing him. Or it was a cursed he was at home. movie. Or it was a cursed movie, and it was just a, a, a man possessed by a demon. <sighs> That's crazy. Okay. Then. Richard Lawson, who played the para, uh, parapsychologist Ryan in the original. I liked him. Um, yeah, he's and he's been in, when I looked on his Wikipedia page, it just went on and on. He has been in a million things and he still is like um, up until like 2016, like release pending. Like he's been in wow, everything. Yeah. And he um, was on he was in a commercial airline crash <gasps> where there were 51 people, passengers on the plane. 27 of them died and he walked away. <gasps> so more than half the people on the plane died and miraculously he walked away. So Fuck. that kind of is like, you know, it's, you know, say a tragedy associated, sure. but it almost is kind of like, it's a well, that freak accident. It's a freak accident that he didn't die in. Yeah. So it's almost like, well, maybe he ended the curse. If but... I were him, I would never leave the house. Well, but, oh, or would it be that thing where, I survived a fucking yeah. plane crash that other people didn't. That's true. I'm invincible or that's whatever. True, that's true. Um, but also turned out and Joe Beth Williams talked about this in an interview she did once that she found out after. So, you know, that huge crazy scene at the end where they fall in that they fall into the pool mm-hmm. and there's all the skeletons. Mm-hmm. Those were real human skeletons no. that they used. Because Why? apparently that a rubber skeleton remake is more expensive. No. Than just using real ones. Who gave them skeletons? So they, I and they, they probably bought them from prop house or whatever. But but a lot of people think that that has something to do. Sure. With it, but then also, um, they uh, they say that the the remake that they just came out with, right. my boyfriend Sam Rockwell, <laughs> um, 
that they they shot it on a house that had a big field behind it so they could kind of like recreate all that stuff and apparently they couldn't get any of the electronic stuff to work in this field <gasps> they couldn't get they would they were using drones to shoot overhead shots mm -hmm. and the drones wouldn't work they wouldn't register the field oh my god i'm getting chills yeah, so there was like there was a thing where there there was all kinds of problems and weird shit going on mm -hmm. on that set. Too. Oh my god, I'm like gonna throw up right now. <laughs> well, then that brought me around. That brought me to a cracked article, which if you don't <sighs> go on to cracked.com, you're crazy. Oh my it's god, it's the best website. It gives you listicles, but they're written so hilariously, so well, and it's like BuzzFeed for smart, funny people. Yeah, and it's like the topics they do are just absolutely incredible. Like the the ten scariest mysteries that are cannot be explained, or yes. like, oh, I love crack. Or like ten ten um, YouTube videos that are actually what they say they are, like right. truly scary and crazy. Right. Yeah, cracked is amazing. So that's that led me to this list, and they had. It was like six cursed movie yes. sets, but I only did because um, the next one that that turned me on to was The Exorcist. Oh shit! Which it makes you know, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, it makes sense that this is. Cursed. Yeah, it's not like it's not like My Fair Lady was cursed. It's like <laughs> fucked up movies, like The Exorcist. And this one's crazy. Oh my god, I want to hear. It. I don't know this. Um, so. It's Exorcist was shot in 1973 or came out in 1973. It was shot the year before. Okay. Um. So. <laughs> the first I'll just start here the shooting was delayed after the set caught fire so there's a set of their house if you've yeah. seen the movie if you haven't seen the movie you have to it's yeah. the scariest movie it's so 70s and it's so like it's not scary because things are popping yeah. out you. like it gets scary obviously later when she's possessed but yeah. in the beginning it's just all tone and feel where it's, you're just yeah. like this lighting, is lighting and music and yeah tone it's and the, like when they bring Reagan to the hospital to see what's wrong with her there's a part where she's in like this MRI machine thing that is one of the scariest things and it's just <sighs> medical equipment yeah. like there's nothing actually happening but it's like you know they just did it perfectly you know man they don't need drones to make a fucking movie cool anymore right I yeah. mean Back so then. this set caught on fire oh my God. for no reason. The <laughs> only thing that they can figure out was they thought maybe a pigeon landed in like the breaker boxes, like the electrical boxes. Oh my God. But, but other than that, they couldn't figure out a reason why it would catch on fire. And the only room that didn't burn was Reagan's room, no. which is where all the possession demonic shit takes place at the end of the movie. I'd quit the movie at that point. It didn't, didn't burn. Everything yeah. else in the house burned, That's which is insane. Terrifying. So shooting was delayed because of that. Okay. Then, and I read a couple a couple different versions of this story, but the one that seemed the most consistent was that it happened to Ellen Burstyn. Mm -hmm. So there's a scene where when Reagan is totally possessed, she throws her mother against the wall. Mm -hmm. And in the movie, she gets thrown against the wall, falls down, and it's, there's this blood-curdling scream. Well, it's because Ellen Burstyn, <gasps> the way it happened, she like like broke her spine yep. and the scream is real oh i hate i feel like there's so there's like a, a scene in jaws too i feel like in the 70s and 80s they were like let's just use it we we like didn't do that right yes, and the exactly. person is screaming because they're in pain exactly and <gasps> it's like what better kind of blood curdling scream as opposed to like somebody standing in a recording yeah booth, like screaming it's when they're like a scream of her spine breaking <sighs> they're like it's realistic because it's real because it happened <laughs> my but, god that's awful and also this was one of the first movies um that ever used subliminal mess <gasps> subliminal recordings that's fucking so awesome part of the other reason that it's such a freaky movie is because subliminally they're playing tapes of bees 
of swarms of bees, no. buzzing bees, and lions growling like before they eat something. So like in your in your like your brain, in your old brain, yes. you like understand. You can hear these like emergency, emergency get out. So but you, it's like in the in their lead up part. I love that it's not even like subliminally like a baby crying or like subliminally someone getting stabbed. It's like subliminally shit that way back when when we were fucking animals. Yes. We needed to be afraid of. Run away. Run away, there's bees. Yeah. <laughs> So, Love it. And also there's that part where um, when Karis sees his mother coming up out of the uh, out of the sidewalk, out of the subway, mm-hmm. um, it's that part where she had died and he didn't see her and he has all this guilt and he keeps dreaming about her mm-hmm. coming and, and like crying for him across the street or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, in that scene, and I've actually watched it and paused it, <gasps> they just flick in for half a second this horrifying face. No. Yeah. And it, you can look it up online. It's a great. It's like. It looks like a really white face with dark black circles <sighs> underneath and red, red in the eyes and red in the mouth. I'm it's horrifying. Cry. I want to start crying right now. It's crazy creepy. Okay, so, <laughs> so, okay. Um, then let's see. Oh, so the actor who played the director. So the plot of the movie yeah. is that Ellen Burstyn's an actress and she's in this movie, and so all the shit starts happening while she's in this movie and she has to quit the movie. Whatever. Right. Well, the director of the movie is played by an actor named Jack McGowan who died days after completing his scenes of the flu. What? And he was 54. So just kind of strangely randomly just dies of the flu. What is this fucking black? The woman who plays Karis's mother, who is in that thing of like, she's an 89 year old Greek woman who literally got cast, like I think out of a restaurant, a Greek restaurant or something. She died of natural causes like days after, uh, um, Jack McGowan died. Wow. They died within like six days of each other. And they're the two characters in the movie who die. Oh, <laughs> so, oh God. So then, uh, then there's, these are the other like tragedies and deaths. Okay. Linda Blair's grandfather died while sh- shooting. Um, Max von Sydow's brother died on the first day he started shooting. Holy shit. And he plays the old priest that comes to yeah. Father Karras. Um, uh, Jason Miller, who plays Father Karras, his son was hit and almost killed by a motorcycle during shooting. Jesus fucking... Mercedes McCambridge, I think that's how you pronounce her last name, uh-huh. did the voice of the demon when <laughs> when Linda Blair is, you know, possessed. Yeah. Um, in 1987, her son murdered his wife and children and then killed himself. Whoa. Which is, you know, 10, 15 years after all of it. Yeah. It's still like, it, it's just the, the curse thing where yeah. it's like, how many movies can you say have this many like a crazy tragedies and hideous things yeah. Um, And this is the best. At the premiere in Rome, mm-hmm. uh, they're at this theater and across the street is a 16th century church. Uh-huh. And as the people are filing in to the movie premiere, yeah. a rainstorm and lightning storm starts going no everyone's in the theater and before the movie starts they hear this crazy noise outside lightning had struck the cross on top of this church no it had been there for 400 years and this eight foot cross falls off the church <gasps> and into the plaza across holy from the theater. shit yeah that's not god being like nope yeah or nope. the devil being like how dare you yeah how dare you try to fight me so that so the last one is rosemary's baby 
Oh, I knew it because I was going to say it sounds like the plot of Rosemary's Baby, which is that like, you know, the actor gets stricken with blindness to mm-hmm. get the role. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. And go. this is, and if you look it up and there's, you can find plenty of websites because there's a bunch of other ones and the, there's a really good one, but it's not even cursed. It's just, there's that, that movie, I, I think it's Genghis Khan. I don't remember what the title is, but mm-hmm. it's the John Wayne movie where they ended up using, they shot uh, like five miles downwind from where they were testing A-bombs in the <laughs> desert. Oh, so shit. everyone got yeah. cancer. Yeah, Every fucking buddy got cancer. And they took <laughs> dirt from the set where they shot at, like on a location. And tested it. And then they took it back and used it no. in, this, in the studio set. So like everybody oh, got cancer. Oh my fucking, I love shit like that. Yes. So, I mean, it's, you know what it's I mean? It's so terrible. It's wow. just like the worst mistake anyone's ever yeah, made. Yeah, like that, that is the most toxic dirt. Yeah, you don't want I that I thought you were going to say they tested it and they found that they found that it was, nope, they used it. Nope, they brought it back and used it. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And also the, also the, um, the female lead in that movie was attacked by a black Panther. Sure. <laughs> the real animal. Yeah. Not the, poli- not a political activist. I figured, I figured you would, I figured you wouldn't, <laughs> I figured something would be different in that saying. Yeah. Yep. yeah. A real got attacked by a Panther. And that, the funniest thing to me was that that was like a one line thing. Where yeah. I'm like, I would like to know more about this. <laughs> like, where was she? What happened? What, what had the black Panther had for breakfast? Like, yeah. I want to know everything. So insane. Yeah. So in, on Rosemary's baby, and this is a short one, but just the man who was the composer, um, died of a brain clot a year after filming, oh. which is the same way a character in the movie dies. Didn't he die that way in the movie? Yes. Oh, the composer of the, the oh. real composer of the movie in real life died of a brain clot the way the guy in the movie died holy of a brain clot. shit mm-hmm. and then of course we all know roman polanski yeah who uh bought the house from terry melcher who was a mu- music producer who would not record charles manson's music and so charles manson sent his death hippies up to murder everybody thinking he was going to kill t- t- um, terry melcher and he ended up killing Roman Polanski's wife, Sharon Tate, her unborn baby, and four other people, Jay Sebring, the famous hairdresser. Yeah. Um, and Polanski was in London at the yeah. time, so he just by chance missed that. I didn't realize that there was a reason they went to that house. Yeah. I think, I thought they just went there because, wasn't it the heir to the, the what was it, the coffee fortune that lived there? Uh, Folgers. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't. I mean, it was Roman Polanski's house, though. I think. Yeah. She was there. She was there. But I thought they went there to like, because it was rich people. I didn't realize they went there because Manson was like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't. This is how he talks. You wouldn't <laughs> record my music. Hey man. Hey man. Yeah. Oh, I didn't he know that. Had a reason, but then once they were there, they, they, were, they didn't care. Yeah. They were just like, we're killing all these people. Right. But here's what I find interesting about that, is that. Um, that they called the Manson family called that helter skelter, that murder spree, which of course was a Beatles song. And then John in 1980, John Lennon was shot in front of the Dakota, the same apartment building used <gasps> no. as the exterior no. of the apartment no. building for Rosemary's baby. No, the end of my thing. I'm just going to kick my glass of water over right now because <laughs> I can't even handle any of this. I'm just going to, I just want to kick it. There's so many good things like that, but that's, I mean, I kind of went way off our theme. No, but there was a line, there was a, <laughs> it was a linear narrative that started with a murder. Yes. 
that we had talked about before. Exactly. So I deemed that okay. Thank you. Good. And, and you, also, it it makes me just want to say we love it when you tell us if we make mistakes. Yeah. Because this conversation can be so dense. Of yeah. Shit, we're talking about sometimes that obviously I definitely make those mistakes all the time. We want to hear it if you're like, oh wait, no, that's not right. And we're only, I mean, Karen and I really only research the ones we're gonna talk about. So if we're just randomly going off on a tangent about something else, we're not gonna have like be looking it up at the moment in the moment. Yes. It's called research and we're not doing it. So you're <laughs> but we, so we want you to yeah. definitely help us and add because yeah. once I I saw a couple people be like, I remember very specifically when she was murdered and mm-hmm. stuff. So then I was like, Oh yeah, we should tell that story accurately. Yeah. That then led me down that path. Just don't be mean about it because we are we have very fragile self esteem. <laughs> we will just fall <laughs> apart if you're mean. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye if you're like me you're always looking for a story to dive into whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve the key to getting hooked is the details i need rich visuals and intricate storylines and june's journey has that and more june's journey is a mobile mystery game that follows june parker a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder this is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as june herself Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Um, so this is the murder of hold on, Rebecca Zahu. Zahau? Zahau, I'm going to say. What's the spelling? Z-A-H-A-U. Yeah, Zahau. Zahau. I'd say. Rebecca Zahau. And it's also called the Coronado House Murder. Have you heard of this one? No. Okay, I'm going to start from the, the very beginning. I'm going to start love from the house murder. Yeah, this one's fucked up. This one I've, I think I followed it as, as it was happening because this is what happens first. 
the morning of July 11th, 2001, six-year-old Max Shacknow's, Max Shacknow, six years old, takes a fatal fall from the staircase banister in his his historic San Diego mansion called Spreckles Beach House in Coronado, California, in San Diego. Um, His father is a pharmaceutical CEO named Jonah Shacknow. And the 911 call comes in from Jonah's 32-year-old living girlfriend, Rebecca Zahau. 32 years old, Burmese. Um, she's, she's a living. She lives there. She calls 911 to say that Max was running down the hallway above the lobby-like entrance to the house when he went over the banister. He suffered spinal cord injuries and head trauma and was in a coma. Um, ultimately, he dies 10 days later from swelling and cardiac arrest. And the medical examiner determined that the cause of death was accidental. And there's, if you go online, there's actually this like um, drawing of what, how he must have fallen. And it's like, it's, you know, like a a mansion, spiral staircase, fucking lots of, you know, marble and wood. And he went over the side. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Accidental. (laughs) Okay. Well, here's, so while he's in a coma, Rebecca goes to pick up Shacknow's brother, Adam, at the airport, who's there to, like, you know, sit by his nephew's bedside. Um, He flies in from Memphis. And Adam, who's the CEO's brother, is staying in the house, in the the back house, uh, while he's there. And that night, there, there was reports of really loud music coming from the house that night. And while Jonah, the father, is supposedly keeping a vigil at Max's bedside with Max's mom, Dina Romano... And her sister, Nina, Dina and Nina, uh-huh. um, Adam is staying at the house and Rebecca is as well. Okay. Cut to the next morning. Tension. Yeah. So the next morning at like 6 a.m., 6.45 a.m., Adam finds Rebecca's body. She's nude, hanging by her neck from an outdoor back balcony. She, her wrists and ankles are bound um, and she has a, she's gagged with a blue long sleeve t-shirt wrapped around her head with the sleeves double knotted and stuffed into her mouth. Uh, there's like a residue on her, on her legs that looks to be like tape residue. Um, and she's bound, she's hanging by her neck and her, um, let's see on the bedroom door where she had jumped out of supposedly, because here's the thing, the coroner r- ruled us a fucking suicide. What? Yeah, that's this is the this is the thing. Like this is the murder. I really think that Max it was accidental, and then this was vengeance. This might have been vengeance, Fuck. a suicide. And on the on the the bedroom door, someone had written in black paint, "She saved him. You can save her, or can you save her? She saved him. Can you save her? No. What does that mean? Nobody knows. Um. There were four instances of head trauma, but ultimately she died from hanging. So he deemed it a suicide. And the, in addressing the blood on her legs, because there was also blood on her legs, the forensic pathologist identified the cause as either a menstrual period or a intrauterine device, which is like the most insulting. But that's also, yeah. I mean, what are the odds? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Although 
you know, if it's a really bad period, you might just want to kill yourself. <laughs> Sorry. It's terrible. Yeah, or if you're raped. I'm like baffled right now. Yeah, it's this is a baffling case, okay. which is why I love it so much. Okay. And I remember I remember the kid, I remember the news reporter, the kid falling, and then two days later, this girl, this woman. So um, Dr. Maurice Godwin, a, a private forensic consultant, um, told a reporter that Zahao's death had all the earmarks of a, quote, ritualistic killing. And that the suicide had been staged. Duh. She's fucking bound and gagged. In Dr. Godwin's opinion, someone had dazed Zaha with a blow to the head and then tossed her off the balcony. So, and of course, remember I said that they had heard loud, the neighbors had heard loud music coming from the house that night. So maybe covering up screams, which they also, the neighbor also heard. Oh, really? Yeah. So... That night, the night that she died, at 10.48 p.m., Zahao received a text message from Nina Romano, the sister of the mother of Max. Um, and Nina stated that she wanted to stop by the house and speak with Zahao about Max's accident. And Zahao didn't reply to that message, but police said that the, she checked her voicemail a few hours later and listened to a message, deleted it, or it got deleted somehow, and we have no idea what was on that message. So according of all the things they can do, why can't they find right? deleted messages? It seems like a simple you, you can find a deleted email. Right. This is this. This is like the making of a murderer thing. Yeah. That drives me crazy. Yeah. Okay. Which part? Like, why didn't they find out what was on? The, and those kids deleted the, the brother yes. and the ex-boyfriend deleted they broke into her voicemail and then deleted stuff. And they're like, oh, well, I guess it's gone forever. Where it's like, how is that possible? It's impossible, especially if if someone is missing, you're not going to. Everything could be a clue. Why would, you know, to find this, you're missing loved one unless you know what's going on and right. you deleted it on purpose. Right. Yeah, totally. But everyone's not a true crime fanatic like we are, though, too. <laughs> um, so, so according to a, uh, you know, forensic analysis, the expert, he determined, or a forensic expert, the note which was written on the door was written by a right-handed male and based on how high the door was, the person was probably six feet tall. Uh, Rebecca was only five, three, five foot three and Adam, the brother, it's not, uh, was the only man in the mansion at the time of Rebecca's death. And how tall is he? Probably six feet tall. Oh, shit. You know? So according to the Generation Y podcast, which they did this on the subject, he had also spent the night, you know, in that back house, specifically looking at Asian bondage porn on his phone, which he had admitted to. Oh, no. Yeah. And she was Burmese. Yeah. Beautiful, by the way. She's, sure. I mean, it goes without saying, but gorgeous woman. So here's some stuff from Reddit. So Reddit, so the Zhao family is suing over a wrongful death. Um, because it's that's the official report. Like she committed suicide. She committed suicide. At the end. They've they've tried to reopen it and have them put a different. Uh, both both deaths have they have tried to get a different um, cause of death, like ruling. Yeah. yeah, and neither of them have it's happened. Okay, so they're suing over wrongful death, and so here's some of the stuff from the lawsuit. Um, the clothes she'd been wearing before being stripped and killed were never found. Oh, which is like if you're going to kill yourself and why would you strip naked to kill yourself? That's for real. And then hang yourself in view of your neighbors, which there's photos. You can see photos of her body on the front lawn after this guy, Adam, supposedly cut her down before he called 911. Oh, no. Which Why would you fucking do that? Also, why would you b bind your own legs and arms before you hang yourself? Yeah, well, they they said that it's it's been done before. 
It's not out of the question. They had a they had a reenactment to see if that's something they could do. And technically, yeah, you can do it. It can be done. They had a woman bind herself, do all of these things and hang herself. But why the, you know, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Unless unless she was like into that specific kind of bondage and this was some kind of like, here's my thing and now I'm on my way out. Well, maybe it was, I mean, maybe it's like, here's my thing and it was accidental. Maybe she was trying to set up her ex, her her boyfriend or the brother. But why would she kill herself to begin with? Because ultimately she's in question for this child's death. Right. So why would she be suddenly trying to set other people up for murder? Totally. Doesn't she have hideous guilt? A six-year-old died. Yeah. And she was was in a coma. She was supposed to be watching him for sure. So she probably does feel a lot of guilt over it. And it sounds like the mom and the sister were kind of crazy and like hounding her about it. Yeah. No one believed it was an accident. But then, so then you strip down, bind yourself. So then you take a handful of pills and you're dead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And also, I feel like she was also a Christian, which doesn't mean that she wouldn't kill herself, but it also, it, 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 it's, there's some sort of shame there that you wouldn't be naked in front of everyone. I feel like there's kind of a, a bit of a, what's the word? Well, you know, not being a naked person. <laughs> you mean like body shame or like, um... no, just being, um, demure a little more oh demure, yes yeah know? yeah yeah okay so well because then it makes it about a whole different thing it's it's perverted all if of a sudden yeah if you're killing yourself because you're so sorry yeah then you wouldn't be naked and bound right. in a sexual manner and it seems like there's so there's floor there's four blunt force uh wounds to her head which they argued on her way down she hit her head on the the wall which is like post-mortem post no like right as she's dying as she's hanging herself her body flings into the wall four Four times times. and hard enough to give her blunt force trauma that's not going to happen um so the ties that bound her were nautical ties and adam the brother uh, in the lawsuit, it says he re- he's referred to as being a sailor. Oh, this is all from Reddit, so I didn't read this from directly from the case. And the ties binding her are the same paint from the message on the door as did her nipples. Oh, the black paint. Okay. So the other thing is when she if she had to jump out of the window with her full force, the bed that she had tied the uh, rope to should have moved yeah and it didn't move enough which means either someone was sitting on the bed holding it in place someone moved the bed back to where it should have been for some reason if she had actually jumped it would have been heavier um she had mud on her feet but there were no footprints on the balcony Mm. why did she have mud on her feet that means she was outside and the back house running barefoot right but no fucking so someone clearly picked her up and threw her over the side of the balcony if there was no footprints on the balcony <laughs> and then there was a computer uh in her room that was used af- after 3 a.m which was later than the time she would have already been dead and no determination was ever made as to who accessed it so a lot of people are saying that this is like you know a wealthy man they want to bury this. They don't want to bring this to trial. The cops are corrupt. It's a really wealthy neighborhood in San Diego. They determine that her death is a suicide. 
and they're like, and this is now this is done. And like, yeah, no one else asks any questions. And not only that, but they keep going. Like when there's questions about how on earth could this have happened? Why would this have happened? Instead of saying like, well, we need to look into that more because that doesn't make any sense as to a suicide. They like give insane excuses as to like, you know, well, people have have killed themselves that way in the past or see like this woman was able to do it in a recreation. So it must be how it happened. And, you know, no DNA means and if she was hit over the head, she maybe was stunted and there's no DNA because there was no f fighting between them. She never they, there's no defensive wounds because she was immediately rendered unconscious. Yeah. You know, and then tied up and then tie the fuck up. Also, how do you bind yourself? So say let's go with that. Yeah. Like she bound herself crazily yeah. before she threw herself over. So then you're. Legs and arms are bound, and then you still have to jump and get over the balcony. Yeah. Or the, whatever that thing is that she went over. And, but then paint's a thing. If the paint is on her, yeah. When she's bound and on the ropes and on her nipples, then she must have done that after she painted the message. Right. Bound, painted a message at five foot three that's up really high. Mm -hmm. That's not really a suicide note. No. That no one really can understand what it means. So, so, uh, they're saying that people have, have bound themselves like that in the past when they commit suicide, but, um, oh my God, I can't remember what I was going to say. First of all, how many? Yeah. Like one? Right. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. One person who's probably very interested in that kind of bondage. Yeah. Or it was like a sexual thing gone wrong. Yeah. Or gave them, yeah. Pleasure, yeah. relief, something. They were connected in some way. Isn't that insane? And that's just, that's it. Yeah. And that was two days after the kid went over the railing. Well, also the kid going over the railing, like in just picturing it in my mind, knowing nothing about the actual setup mm -hmm. when you're six, how tall are you? Four yeah. feet tall at the most. And if, I mean, so you're not buying it. They say like, well, he must've tripped. That's, that is shady too. And they're saying that, um, later one of the coroners said that he it looked like he had been um not choked but that someone had maybe like tried to stifle his 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 mouth so he wasn't yelling or something like that so there there could be total foul play going on there too yeah that would that makes the most sense to me is like some kind of killing of that child whether it was accidental or not or whatever and then they come back like 10 times harder of yeah. like you did this. Yeah. So even if even if that wasn't true that he it was accidental, they still would come back that way and they would believe it. Because this is the new young pretty girlfriend that this kid is living with dies under her fucking supervision. Supervision. And so of course they're pissed and going to come after her. Yes. She's the ultimate villain. Yeah. Also, <clears throat> she had to go get like in the before she was murdered, after the kid's in the hospital, the brother comes into town and she's the one that's got to go pick him up. She goes and gets him and then they go have dinner. Which I, I want to be like, well, who the fuck is having dinner when this kid's in the hospital? But then, I mean, it's true. Who the fuck is having dinner? I want to know where they had dinner. But I've been at a bedside of someone dying and you like, you have to eat. So you yeah. all go sit at this place and have a quiet, uncomfortable, sad dinner. Like yeah. that's... That happens. It's it not, does happen. It's not like they went to fucking Chili's. Like, who knows? But if you... I just think if I was... If there, I was babysitting a kid, a six-year-old, who then basically died mm -hmm. under my care, mm -hmm. I'm not driving to the airport. 
most people won't drive to the airport anyway. Yeah. Like, I'm not driving to the airport. I'm not going out to dinner. No. Like, I would probably be on so many pills, I would be in bed permanently. Yeah, me too. I mean, you're not wanted at the hospital because the mother is there and she fucking hates your guts. And the family hates your guts probably anyway. Take a fucking cab from the airport. Take a cab or some other relative. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. She her sister was in town at that moment. And so she had to take her sister to the airport, which still take a cab to the fucking airport. Why is she running errands for people? She must be in like, okay, say she's a sociopath and she killed a child. Yeah. That's the only thing that makes sense to me to be like, sure, I'll be there at eight to pick you up. Or she's in shock and she's doing everything she can to be helpful because she just is like, let me do what I can. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe not. I know um yeah so it's just baffling and it's really frustrating that nobody seems to want to test for anything well and if it's like pharmaceutical money that's like the most money right all ceo of a pharmaceutical company that's all of the money in the world that's all the money and then he's like basically going around it's a coronado yeah crazy rich part of san diego yeah so then it's just like Those people already know those people. He probably gives to the community to begin with. So they're just like, I've had a tragedy. Now she killed herself. Can we let just lay all this to rest? Yeah. It's probably the storyline, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like there it's, this is no one's going to come back. This is a tragedy all around. Let's just let it rest. And her poor, like, is she like a first generation Burmese? (laughs) Yeah. So So her her poor parents are just like, can we get a little something? And yeah. It's like, nope. And everyone's saying, you know, the family's saying that's not her handwriting. She was not suicidal. Her sister spoke to her that evening, not suicidal at all. Everyone's saying she wasn't suicidal. Oh, that is sinister. Yeah. And even her ex-husband, who you would think would hate her because she actually cheated on him with her new boyfriend, is like trying to figure out what's happened to her. He's not even like vengeful in any way. I know. I want to know more about that brother. Like, what's his deal? Yeah. No, there's no information about what he does for a living, who who he is. He's from, I believe, Memphis. Yeah, he's from Memphis. And it's kind of like, I think we all know people who have, like the type of person who has a insanely rich older brother. Yeah. That's oh, basically yeah. like, well, now I get to do what I want. Yeah, totally. Maybe. For he, all he, of my life. He cut her down at 6.48 a.m. And, sent, and then sent a text message to his brother to inform him of the news. I would love to read that text message. Yeah. Hey, dude, your, your girlfriend's what dead. Do you text someone to say your wife yeah, is dead? You or call. Girlfriend? You call. You call at minimum, if not drive down to the hospital. What the... What? Yeah is happening this brother's sinister i'm curious about it about the the dad the boyfriend if he had anything to do with it apparently he was sleeping at the ronald mcdonald house that night because he was you know by his kid's bedside the whole time needed to sleep a little bit which is what the ronald mcdonald house is for um and so he wasn't even near the house and then the ex-wife was also at the hospital but her sister was at the house her the wife ex-wife was at the hospital with the sister oh there's you know the speculation is that they came over were banging on the door to be let in rebecca wouldn't let them in the message that was deleted might have been from jonah saying let them in oh yeah that was deleted right so if they had that message saying let them in then they have proof that the that the women were there but there's no proof that they were there i know how fucking crazy is well, it there's no proof that they were there but no one's looked for proof right right, right. 
yeah. looked to, to prove a suicide. It sounds to me like there's no proof that the women were involved. It just, it sounds correct. I think that this guy, the brother is clearly, it is either, was it sexually motivated? It had nothing to do with Max and maybe she rebuffed his advances and he got angry and killed her man and made it look like it was revenge. There's a lot of motives there. There's a lot of motives there. And no, none of them are being explored. No. And then, you know, it's one of those things where like in your head, it's like, Oh, she was so pretty and it, they were rich and blah, blah, blah. And then you look at the photos and this kid is like a sweet little kid. This photo of this kid, Max, who the dies. Yeah. You, it's like the same thing with um, John Bonet when you're like, she was a beauty. You see all these beauty pageant photos and then you see a photo of her like a normal person. You're like, oh, I was such a young person. Like, it was a baby. Well, and also when children die, people very justifiably go insane. It yeah. makes sense. Like any reaction, the idea that the cops aren't going, look, there's a massive loss here. Yeah. The reaction off of this loss is understandable not, not yeah. justified not you know good or anything but going but crazy like, it's very clear motive it's very logical motive yeah yeah and and getting and hearing which they hadn't even heard yet it was accidental they hadn't been told that yet because that wasn't until after he died that that got ruled though those women and everyone else are probably like this woman is responsible how the fuck did this happen? You should have been watching him. She said she was in the bathroom when it happened. Ooh. She's like, you should be able to leave a six-year-old alone yeah. long enough for them not to do certain things. They say like he tripped over the dog or he had a, he was on his riding a scooter. Weird shit. I don't know. You don't buy I, that either. And just, to, I know I'm picturing it inaccurately because I don't know the truth. Yeah. But I'm like, when you trip and fall, you, and you're six, you're tripping what? At the most two inches. Yeah. Or you're not you know, flying. You don't catch fucking air and go over the side of a railing. Totally. But if you're a little, you know, you're playing around that you in a way you shouldn't be and you're messing around and you're trying to climb over the railing even. Yes. Because you do stupid shit. Did you ever get your head caught in between the banister, <laughs> the railing? And yeah. I did. It was the most terrifying. I still remember it. I mean, yeah, there's... But but then I go, how long was she in that bathroom that he's doing so much stuff? Like It could have been a minute. But but when you're babysitting, it makes me think of Nora, of course, my niece, mm -hmm. who's now nine. But I babysat her, sat her a ton when it was just her and I. Mm -hmm. And if you have to get up to go to the bathroom, you go, you put the TV on yeah. and hypnotize them and just go, stay right there. I'll be right back. Don't touch me. You don't even close the bathroom door all the way. No way. Yeah, when I babysitting my nephew, who is a six-year-old boy, very rambunctious six-year-old boy. I'm like, Mike, you good? Yes. You good you, out there? You constantly call out to them. Yeah. But she, but technically she wasn't babysitting him. She was living with this person. And I feel like when you're actually someone's guardian, it's not, you're not, you know, you and I are terrified of killing our siblings, <laughs> yes. like child, yes. and don't understand that kids can be left alone a little bit more than we think they can. Oh, that's true. So, but then again, that's not, you know, who, who knows how long she was living with them. So. But was it only the two of them in the house? And her younger sister who was visiting. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, man. I know. That is. Yeah. If you guys want to look up, it's the, if you look up the Coronado murder house, this fucking mansion is so ugly. Is really <laughs> and you can see it's blurred out. And I'm sure you can find one that's not, but her body on the lawn naked. 
that's oh. not you know that they took from the fucking helicopters that's an unfortunate porn search that he did that night if he's innocent <laughs> how is that possible that yep. she's found bound and he looked up not even just bondage porn asian asian bondage porn that's not yeah that is quite a that's too many things yeah. to be just a simple coincidence totally oh man and then who was on her computer after 3 a.m right after she's fucking hanging god damn it what can you imagine being a neighbor and waking up and seeing that oh my god fuck but he's the one that cut her down he's the yeah. one that found her so he quote found her yeah in the morning Six thirty in the morning then it, what was time of death do you know no like was it supposed to be the night before it, i think it was supposed to be the night before but 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 what is your first i mean is your first instinct to cut someone down if Fuck they're no. clearly dead it's to run away and call 911 it's to call 911 in a panic not run upstairs get a knife or whatever and cut a rope down so this person who's you could tell when someone's dead yes. and not dead yes then falls to the ground especially if she's if you let's say he has something to do with it and she's bound your first instinct is this is not a suicide. This is a murder. Why would you then cut them down? Right. Why would you? We everybody knows that you don't yeah. contaminate a crime scene. Even if you're not like us who are obsessed with this shit, you know not to fucking it's get basic, your finger. Basic, pr- it's law and order 101. Oh, and then there was also a knife in the room that supposedly he cut her down with no fingerprints on it. Oh, Why are there no. no fucking fingerprints on that? This is all this very specific stuff. I have to say is from Reddit, supposedly from the, um, the reports, reports yeah. that of the family suing the Shacknows for the murder, right. the wrongful death. So this could be f- bullshit. Well, what's interesting is like when I um, when I did the uh, looking up all that stuff on the uh, Elisa Lamb mm-hmm. thing from Cecil Hotel last week. It's most of the information people get ends up being from those um, wrongful death cases. Yeah. Because that's when they release the information and you get it in court records. Right. The files are open. Because it's they uh, when it when it's um, a regular police case, you can't get that information. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh, my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient made in cookware. Made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Maiden. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com that's m-a-d-e-i-n cookware.com goodbye and yet so isn't directly. it fucking and this is a thing that's insane to me that has nothing to do with any of this the fact that uh 911 calls are a public record yeah 
are, is absolutely bananas to me. So you can't get all this information, but you can hear a 911 call just whenever you fucking want. Yeah. Those should be so private. I can't even stand it. Oh, those things bum me out so bad. I know you can't stand them. I hate them. I don't think anyone. Did you? Oh, there's one where a woman gets killed like on the phone. No. Nope. There's a whole episode of last podcast, last podcast on the left where they just do nine one one calls. Oh, I skipped that one. I know. I was like, I listen to every fucking episode. I like, yeah. look for. I wait for new episodes. But that one, yeah, that I one. Can't. I was like, I I listened with my finger hovering over the stop button because I was like, I know, I and I never finished it. Because here's the other, I, a couple times on like 2020 or like Dateline or whatever. The ones that bum me out the most are those fucking doctors that kill their wives oh. and call 911 pretending to be I upset. found my wife. And, and it's, it's so <sighs> fake and it's so obvious. It's like if you've taken one acting yeah. class, you're like, sir, I'm believing nothing of this right now. And they think they're so smart. They think they are fooling everybody. You know what we should do? I just thought of how fucking cool this would be. Make a fake 911. <laughs> <laughs> just do, just do uh, prank calls to 911 for the entire show. And then get arrested. And then have the knock at the door of us getting arrested. <laughs> no, I wonder if, okay, this would be ridiculous. But if we played, let's say we played, we had Dustin pick out 10 911 calls. Five of them were real. The person actually had, had not killed the person. Right. Five of them were like... Later found out that they, that person killed the person. And then we take a test. And then we have to guess. Why do we have to do 10? That's Let's so many. Four. <laughs> okay. That's How about one of them is fake? Let's do three. Okay. I honestly feel like I could do it right now and, and pass the test. I feel like I'm bartering with you. Okay. Three. We'll just do three. And, <laughs> and you, one will be fake. One will be fake. But then we have to listen to two real okay. 911 calls. Two will be oh. fake and one will be real. I think it's because, and I don't know if I've ever talked about this on this. My favorite all-time show is I Survived. Oh, I don't want to see Survivors. <laughs> <laughs> so let's but talk it, about this. That's Okay, the reason I love it is because it's all the... Um, because it's instead of being the thing I'm interested in, which is serial killing and mm -hmm. all the crazy shit, which I want distance from and no relation to and no you like, make personal it just, understanding. Yeah. And I survived. It's people that go through all that shit and are sitting and most of the, it's like literally 90% women. The men are always there because they're like, I survived a hike that went wrong. Yeah. It's like, fuck, fuck you. you. Yeah. It's always a guy that's like had his own yacht. <sighs> and then he's like, I can't believe And the storm that. came. Yeah. Like, go on a fucking yacht then. And then there's four shit. women who are like, just this guy came yeah. up behind me. Humans are bigger than I. Most male humans are bigger than I am yeah. and can hurt me in broad daylight. And so unfortunately I had a job. Right. And then this man decided I yep. would die for that. Yep. But I, that's why I don't like it. Cause do you know the, the show, um, cold Oh, what's the one with the two women who, uh, God, my, my memory is awful. Is it a real show or yeah. is it like a fictional? It's a real show where they're, they're trying to solve cold cases. Cold cases yeah. I, it, and it's, is it relatively new? Yeah. I've never watched it. Okay. It's called Cold Justice. Cold Justice. And these, these two badass women, one is a, um, pr a prosecutor. Oh, okay. And one is a crime scene investigator. And they go to these like fucking tiny towns that have no money for, you know, uh, for detectives and people to look up what's going on and right. take and try to solve a cold case. That's cool. Oh, it's incredible. And it's like so feminist. I love it. Because these chicks are badass. So they did, they started one called Cold cold uh cold justice and then but it's like it's only rapes and sexual assaults oh. so these women are survived and it's just so depressing because yeah. their interviews like make me hurt but you don't yes. have to get an interview from the person who's dead 
Right. So I just, yeah, I don't Yeah, like. that's very true. Well, yeah, it's the, I think a key to having this interest is distance. Yeah. It's too much to be involved in like the victim's lives. But, and that's normally how I feel. But I Survived is produced so well. Yeah. Because you don't want to watch a person who survived and can't tell their own story because they're still so fucked up. Yeah, that's That is show. too much to take on. We all have enough problems. It's also too nice, much. too, when you're like, when you know that the case has been solved and they've caught the guy and he's in prison because they're still trying to find Ugh. the the guy who raped them. That's too much. Yeah, like the stress in their life. Yeah. Uh, on I Survived, it's all women who most of the time at the very end, they're like, and then I started the Victims Counseling Center. Yes. There are all these amazing women that like take it, turn it around. There's one girl that like was kidnapped when she was 16 by this crazy serial killer, somehow <gasps> survived, whatever, and she's a cop. Fuck yeah. It's the everything becomes really amazing and inspirational yeah. of like how you can, the worst thing in your life can become like your basically your destiny. Does it make you think too, that you're more equipped to survive something that like that happens to you because you're, you're never going to be like, well, everyone dies from this. You're going to be like, remember that girl, she fought this guy and she won and, and here's how to, Oh yeah. And once you know, that's a fact, a true that fact can happen. Yes. And also they all talk about it you do whatever it takes yeah. to survive. So if you have to play dead, if you have to, you know, like they just, not justify, but they're like explain like the things that a lot of survivors feel guilty about, which is like, the, you know, then I got raped for the fourth time. Yeah. And I didn't it's like, fight or something. Right. It's like, no, it's like, no, you don't you fight. Cause he would have just slashed your throat. Yeah. There's a thing I always like, this is my big thing is like, just, even if you get stabbed, don't get in the, the truck, don't get in the car. Don't, go somewhere with the person. That's right. like the big thing is like, it, you're better off getting shot on the street than not getting shot and getting in the car of the person who's trying to like do whatever you fucking can, even if it's getting stabbed to right. not get in the car. Yeah. Cause as I soon mean, as you're in their possession, you're fucked. Yes. It's a good thing to know in your head. Right. But in the no. situation comes up, who the fuck knows? Yeah. I'm not going to, it's so crazy because also you go into shock. I mean, there's totally a lot of people that tell the story where you're just kind of like, it all is so surreal that you feel like you're dreaming. Yeah. Like you, how could this actually be happening? Allie has this crazy story that she was just walking down the street in like Larchmont, which is like a nice fucking neighborhood during the day. This car pulls up these two like gangster dudes get out with fucking kitchen knives, big old chef's knives and are like, give us your money. And she takes her purse like a football, throws it, in the opposite direction, like to the side and then runs back the way she was going, which is like, that's genius. The thought that you could even do that while you're getting held up yeah. and like, understand that if you throw your purse off to the side, they're going to go after the purse, not you. Yes. Genius. How <sighs> did she know to do that? She said it was just instinct. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Well, her dad was also a, cr a crime reporter when oh. she was a kid. So I bet something like that has happened and she's talking yeah. about it. He's probably like, been like, oh, and by the by, yeah. now that we're sitting here at breakfast. Should you ever, this. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. The closest I, that I can even slightly think of, like anything like this that's happened to me, is I was walking down La Brea one time and there's a bank that had a weird like inside parking lot where you drove in under like a little bank overpass mm -hmm. and then there was just like an interior parking lot. Creepy. And it was Saturday afternoon, oh so like, like the bank was closed. And as I was walking by, I hear like, hey, excuse me, <gasps> excuse me, hey. And there's a guy sitting in like a station wagon. He's like... Pardon me, I, can I just ask you a quick question? Nope. And I'm walking by and I just started laughing. I was like, 
like, uh, no. And I like was still walking. He's like, so, ma'am, I just need to ask you this question. Like, <sighs> I'm supposed to walk in this thing. Yes, sir. And, and then he, yeah, I just was like, hurried it up. And then he's like, man, people are so untrusting. It's like, why the fuck aren't you out here on the sidewalk if you have such a pressing question? Yeah. And you saying untrusting means you're clearly untrustworthy. Why would I trust you? Yes. Why are you bringing that up at all? And also, what kind of idiot right. has to go? I mean, that's a terrible thing to say, but it was, it no, was so you know overtly why? dangerous. It's because we're bitches and we don't have to be fucking polite to other people. Yes. Which is like such a gift. That's right. That's I was raised by a bitch who was like, yep. would to a person's face be like, why don't you get back the fuck up right now? My mom too. Yeah. My mom got, someone copped a feel on my mom in broad daylight when she was a kid and she told me about it. When I was a fucking kid, which probably shouldn't have. So, like, I've always been fucking terrified of strangers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That happened to me, too. Yeah, great. (laughs) That happened to me, too. I I, Like, a few years ago, I was leaving a bar, and some guy kind of seemed like he was following me. And I was, like, getting into my car, and he was like, hey, hey, and, like, running towards me. And I get in my car in front of him and lock the door. And he was like, never mind, and, like, walked away. And he was, like, clearly a creep. He wasn't someone that was like a friend you know yeah but like the tone i'm sure the tone of his voice was like yes what do you need yeah what kind of fun experience will this be right uh crazy also that that just made me think sorry now we're doing this this i love it it just made me think of this when i was dumb and i think i was probably 21 or 22 i lived in san francisco Mm -hmm. and we all went to see my friend maleva lived with a band it was so hilarious in this victorian house um (laughs) they were the coolest guys they were so nice and it was like a total like dave matthews style band Mm -hmm. and they were playing at a bar nearby so we me and her and my other friend all went to watch the band in this little bar we all got drunk what bar? it was um i think it was the king's head mm-hmm. oh of... the pub yes next door is the best sausages i've ever had in my life really wait i think that's it yeah no that's tornado lombard yeah no i'm thinking of something else but i know the king's head that's oh, okay um so it was like it just felt like a regular night going out like we had done a yeah. million times and we were all dancing on the dance floor and having a great time. And this guy came up and he was really cute. He looked, the, on first impression, he looked like he had just gotten out of the army to me. He mm-hmm. was very clean cut and kind of intense. But he came and started dancing next to me and talking to me. And like almost like you, your friends or like you have, must have friends in common or something. Like he knows who you are. Yeah. And also, but it was like the feel of it. It was like almost like a jam band. Like oh, we're all here yeah. together. And so he was like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? And he's like, hey, let's dance together. And I was like yeah like we already were yeah like there was a, we all were dancing yeah. everyone was dancing and then he goes he goes let's go let's go over here and i go no and i looked around my friends were nowhere near <gasps> me i didn't realize it because i was drunk yeah but they weren't nearby and i was like no and then he grabbed both of my hands at the same time by the wrists no and he goes let's go over here and was pulling me toward the fucking door no and the guy this guy dave who was the greatest was the manager of the band and he also lived in the house with everybody Uh and out of nowhere dave fucking shows up grabs the guy by the shirt and just pulls him away and the guy got kicked out by security thank fucking god dave was watching the entire time. Do you know that happened over the weekend and Jesse Pop fucking kicked this guy out of the bar? What? <laughs> I just remember that. <laughs> yes. Sorry. This is the best. Dustin, is this going way too long? Is this okay? Okay. There's this fucking guy in a bar. We get to 
the drawing room, which is like this dive bar everyone loves. Like the bartender knows us. It's the best. And I'm getting drinks and this guy next to me is like being friendly and I'm being friendly back because everyone there is a regular. And then he suddenly turns and says something about Vince, my husband, that's rude. And so I just stopped paying attention to him. And I think he said something shitty and Vince was like, got to want to fight him kind of which Vince doesn't do yeah and then so Allie and I are talking to a friend and this guy who's like drunk as fuck comes over and starts talking to us and Jesse Pop walks over and goes this guy bothering you and I go yeah actually he is and uh, Jesse goes all right bub come on get leave the ladies alone you got to get out of here and the guy was like kind of pissed and like yelling at him and then the bartender came over and kicked him out but (laughs) it was straight up this guy bothering you yeah okay are my cheeks red right now? Yes. It's my favorite thing I've ever heard. It was amazing. That is... Dustin was there. Dustin the saw best. it. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know what? Fuck yeah to tall guys that take, that take care of business. Yep. Short guys, too. Well, yes, exactly. Any guys, actually. Right. Fuck yeah to guys that step up, pay attention. Yeah. Because things like that, especially... It's like you can't even drink as That's a So I was going to say. It's like you, you can't have two drinks. Yeah. Because you're inebriated and suddenly you're kind of like yeah i want to hang out and yeah chat with people and give people a chance and literally like the the it, my story the turn happened so quickly yeah. i remember in my head thinking you fucking idiot not like, enough time to react no no time to react and like he had me i overpowered mean, you if that guy wasn't paying attention i would have been out the side door <sighs> no one would have seen me go no it was, it was the perfect scenario i wonder it. if you'd recognize him he had to have gone on to fucking be a rapist at least i don't know i don't know Jesus. i mean isn't that weird that that could he could have gone on to do that and you wouldn't know yeah that you how how you escaped that same well person. also think that later on when we all got on the bus together <laughs> it's such a dumb like part of my life where we were like we lived with a band yeah I mean, like she did but then i was always no there it's with adorable them. it's what you do in your 20s yeah exactly but they like they all knew it happened and i felt I was ashamed. Like oh it was God. me, but they were like, Hey, are you okay? And like, yeah. they were all kind of checking in where I was like, I wanted to be a city girl. Yeah. And there's that problem too. When you want to be a tough city girl yeah. that knows her shit and parties and this and that, or you're one of the guys. And then suddenly yes. this person does this thing to show that you are just a fucking girl yeah. who can pretty much be overpowered by the smallest guy in the group. Yeah. And you're just kind of a dumb weekly. Yeah. Like, didn't. Oh, it's yeah. I think that you, we like to be tough and then someone proves that you're not or like when some when you want to be tough and then someone makes you cry and you're so pissed off at yourself for crying because yeah. it makes you look like a pussy yeah that's so annoying yeah oh man hey come on i love how on the show we're just so like everything is the worst <laughs> and fuck everything and you got to be on your guard maybe you know maybe we'll save someone's life yes exactly and also just you got to be a survivor. Yeah. That's the point. Listen, have a buddy. Don't ever be alone at a bar. No, And man. don't be drunk alone. Don't leave your drink alone. Yeah, if you're yeah. going to dr- get drunk, which, hell yeah, go for it. Yeah. But you have to have it, maybe either either one sober friend, yeah. a friend that drinks slower than you, yeah. or just someone that's got their eye out. Yeah, and don't, don't leave the bar to go home with someone and leave your girlfriend behind. Don't fucking yes. let your girlfriend leave you behind. <sighs> I mean, don't be stupid is basically i know oh man <laughs> you look so worried right now <laughs> you look like you're solving it a- you know you know what it is i'm just thinking about the fact that i was a blackout drunk oh. for 15 years of yeah. my life and for some reason i'm fine What's, i somehow survived i don't know how I'm, it's the thing that i think happens in every episode where we're like how are we not dead i know, I know. 
you know what? We're all okay. We're we're so okay. And hopefully, hopefully this podcast will lower like just on its merit alone will lower our percentage, like because we've talked about it. So the likelihood of it happening is less. Right. Is that a thing? I've heard you say that now eight times because there's been eight episodes. (laughs) It's it's now like your magic mantra. It is. If you can imagine something happening. The li- the likelihood decreases that it'll happen. Well, because you're being yeah, you're running scenarios. You're being smart. Exactly. You're being smart. Exactly. Are we gonna listen to Vince's story? Oh yeah. Okay. Now so that we kind of have the uh... said husband Vince left me has has had a murder story that he told me in the very beginning because he knows that I'm obsessed even though he's not. But then he told me this murder story and I was like, like I I. I tried not to react, so like I was in love with it because I didn't want him to think I was a weirdo. <laughs> but it's really good. It's a good one. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Vince Avril, ladies and gentlemen. Avril. Avril. <laughs> oh, did you? Did I tell you that story that the DJ asked me how to pronounce Vince's <gasps> he name? He did. He leaned over and he goes, Wait, "How do you pronounce his last name?" And I go, <laughs> "It's Avril." And then I sat there for three seconds, and it was like he was about to say it, and then I leaned over really quick and asked. Matt or whoever yeah. was next to me that knew, and then I'm like, April, April, April. Did you? He- yeah, but then did you hear when he in- introduced us? He was like, Hard Stark, and that was me. The pause in between, I go Hard Stark really fast. <laughs> I was sitting directly next to the. DJ. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, here's but Vince. I almost fucked up Vincent. I love it. It, it <laughs> turned out okay. I grew up in a small town outside Detroit, Michigan, and we had a Central Park in town. Um, And when I was like a freshman or sophomore in high school, a girl who was in my class was abducted out of the park and ultimately raped and murdered by a guy who was like a serial killer. It turned out had done it to a number of uh, women. And then a few years later, like the year after I graduated, um, there were two 12-year-old girls who met these guys like a 20 and a 30 year old in the park mm. and had asked them to buy them alcohol so they could celebrate their 13th birthdays that were coming up. So the guys told them to come back and meet them there that night and they would have the alcohol for them. So when they, these girls snuck out and came back and, uh, the guys got them drunk, raped, killed them, uh, pretty horrible, uh, stuff. And then they put the bodies in the river, in the drain, and then shortly thereafter was like the summer festival that happened every year. And during the festival, which was a lot of it taking place in Central Park, the girls' bodies were discovered. They came up and, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Jesus, Vince. <laughs> so like all the families are at the festival yep. and the fucking bodies float up in the river. Yep. Then they thought the girls were run like runaways until then, I think. Oh. Also, did you see my cat? Like, as soon as Vince's voice came on, he ran over and was Aww. like, well, "What the fuck? Where's my, tr- where are my treats?" <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a fucked up. Oh my god! I know. Twelve. Wait, no. The girls, the girls were like, I think thirteen or fourteen. No, 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 they were twelve. Yeah, you're right. They're celebrating their thirteenth birthday. But I was a, I went to rehab when I was thirteen. <laughs> like, they were probably bad kids Georgia. too. I know. You'd never know it from your wonderful dresses and Thank your you. collections of, of wonderful things. Thank you. And your gorgeous spa water. <laughs> Georgia served us delicious cucumber water like a fucking rich lady. Oh, there's meth in it. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. That, that, like I, those scenarios, I was in those scenarios. 
drinking <sighs> booze at, with like 20 something year olds stay out of the park and in a park at night oh just I, the only difference is i didn't get raped and murdered yeah come on jesus Christ. congratulations do you want to read a hometown murder or <laughs> are you done <laughs> Should we save it for next week? We've Maybe really we're emotionally... Done. I'm wrung out. We're emotionally exhausted. I love it. This murder podcast has murdered us. It's it's really going to get us to a new place. Yeah. <sighs> oh, I totally forgot about that thing that happened to me until just now. <laughs> I swear to God. Um, this is bringing up shit and we're probably going to need to talk to therapists about it. Yeah. Should we? T- is there something positive we can talk about? Did you ever... I just snorted... <laughs> like it's not in my nose like a fucking third grader no i love it <clears throat> you're sick it's okay um there's guys no, they can go on to other podcasts for positive <laughs> shit <laughs> there's true. like all kinds here let me elvis do you want a cookie want a cookie <laughs> okay that's there that's Perfection. the positive that's okay oh. elvis a cookie okay um all right well thanks for listening you guys i'm sorry if this is but please tell us everything you can email us at my favorite murder at gmail please get onto the facebook page my favorite murder group it's private so people won't be able to read your crazy shit that you write and it's like such a fun fucking group and then on twitter we're my my fave murder yeah please follow us and then go on itunes and rate review and subscribe have you been reading our reviews i haven't we should see if we have any i did once and um I told the story of how I fixated on the two bad ones right. and didn't even pay attention to the hundreds of good ones. That's li- that's how life is. I know. We shouldn't do that. Uh, shame us for doing that. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, thanks for... Thanks. We love you. We love you. Stay sexy.